everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unboxed. Uh, my name is Delfina. I'm the co-creator alongside David, and today we are joined by some beautiful ladies. Uh, we have here Alicia, Stephanie, Tigist, Adele, Hajj, and then Anich, Ariam, and Shade, and Adiria. So, uh, just to get into today's topic, I'm going to start out with um, something that has been on the internet, uh, a post by Lana Del Rey. I'm just going to read it out loud for you first. Now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Camilla, Cardi B, Kalani, and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce have had a number one songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking cheating, and etc. Can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even if the relationship is not perfect or dancing for money or whatever I want without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse? Um, and the post continues, let this be clear. I'm not a feminist, but there has to be some place in feminism for women who look and act like me, the kind of woman who says no, but men hear yes, the kind of women who are slated mercilessly for being their, their authentic, delicate selves, the kind of women who get their stories and voices taken away from them by stronger women or men who hate women. Um, so just to open up, what are our general thoughts about how she's including a lot of um, black women in her post and like how she is expressing herself? Boo. <laughs> so just like on the larger, um, <laughs> like how can we draw on her view of feminism? I would love to expand on that a little bit. Like, I'll, I'll be as consistent as I want to hear from all of you guys, too. But especially you, Aryan, with that boo. I'm curious. For <laughs> shame. Hot girl, hot girl shimmer and all this. Because, okay. Um, yeah, I guess it's like there's not a lot of space for different versions of what a black woman is. And, and like, that can be relatively confine, confining. And I know I've struggled with it, and it has absolutely impacted me. So I think there's a lot of validity in what she's saying. I, I, I liked how she put it personally. I, I think the reason why I actually said boo was like, I, I absolutely get your point, Adele, but the, the fact is that she, what she did was she mentioned a lot of black women and other women of color to make her point. See, you're a black woman that relates to the message that she's putting out, but the women that she mentioned are black women to get a to get a uh, a point across about they, they are strong. They, they are able to, you know, Black women, if anything, black women, you know, uh, have gone through so much through the industry. What she's trying to say is basically, and I'm not saying, oh, she's trying to say this. White women know what they're saying when they're saying things like this. They're very intentional about their words. They're very oh, intentional about. Lana Del, Del whatever is white. Oh, Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lana Del Rey. The message, no, 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 I am not. I'm taking away. I agree with the messaging. The person who voiced it, if I voiced it though, I would I would say that I would just take that message and if it was my face, then I'd be great with it. The but only thing I, is that that's all but conversations though. I think it's yeah. actually genuinely two conversations. Lana Del Rey saying that message versus the message itself. Because I feel like you're right, I, I can see where that is I, But her songs are about uh, sexuality. You know what I'm saying? 
her songs are about that exactly about I mean, but specifically within the black girl, like her message, let's say if you took out Vlada Del Rey, being critical of the black women that are in power, it's not necessarily mean a degree, but okay, it's coming from her. I can see where that's coming from, but I, yeah, I guess I that at the time, so. But, the the only thing is that with her message, no, I completely understand what you're saying. The only thing is that with her message, the women that she mentioned are not the only women that are in the music industry. And then on top of that, her songs, because I used to be a huge fan of her, and her songs are basically about the same things that they sing about. You know what I'm saying? Why weren't singers like Taylor Swift? Why weren't singers like uh, whatever, Katy Perry? I don't really know a lot of white women singers, whatever. But like, why weren't they mentioned just as much as the black women she mentioned? You know what I mean? And uh, we've seen this happen with even, uh, what's his name? Um, somebody was, oh yeah, the the Roddy Rich was when he was in the number one. There were so many artists like complaining about why they weren't in the whatever, the hot 100s or whatever. Now that it was four black women that were in the hot 100s, now she has something to say about it. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many things that we, we see it every time white people come out as soon as a black person is in the top. You know what I'm saying? And this was the first time that four black women were in the top 100s. And that's why she's complaining about such things when she sings about the same message. She's not more delicate than a black woman. You are just as delicate as her. You know what I'm saying? Why can't she mention other white women that are singing about the same things? Miley Cyrus took about, she was talking about so many things that even Beyonce wouldn't be singing about. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many things like white women know what they're doing when they put out messages like this because they know other women really to it no and i think even just her point out she doesn't even know what feminism is for her to say that's more delicate or that you know attributes to women like me feminism at the root is about like dismantling patriarchy and allowing women to be treated like it like humans on top Mm -hmm. of the fact even if you want to delve into black feminism and talk about the artists that she called out even in the black community black women are getting shamed still for being as sexual as beyonce like our traditional like third wave feminists like are they they don't a lot of them don't even like beyonce or or identify her as a feminist because she may, you know, dress provocatively or talk about sex and certain things like that. And so for now, for us to kind of have um, Black women who are at the top in hip hop, um, who kind of speak on, you know, Black women's like sexual autonomy is something very unique, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so for Lana Del Rey to kind of call that out and say, well, Black women are doing it, well, why can't I do it? And again, to your point, like white women been doing it and a lot of times they still are from Black women, Speaking mm-hmm. specifically to Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry does it, Taylor Swift does it as well when they still ballroom culture, when that's coming out of the Black queer community. Um, but ultimately, her point is selfish. It's very caring of her. Um, and I think, <laughs> for real, I mean, I just think, like, at the end of the day, like, Black women always get criticized for whatever the hell we do. Like, we can't be sexual, and then we are sexual, we're too sexual. It's like, you always want to manipulate what Black men can and cannot do and critique what Black women can and cannot do. And at this point, it's, it's just getting tired. Um, yeah. Black girls are sexualized at the age of 10. As young as 10, what is she talking about? You know, it's not necessarily, Beyonce sings about police brutality. Beyonce sings about her life as a wife. Beyonce sings about her children. Beyonce speaks about her miscarriages. She sings about all these things. However, white women pick and, white people in general pick and choose how they want to uh, make black women be to fit their narrative she wanted to say oh i'm so delicate i'm so this and that 
Beyonce's delicate. She's just as much of a, as a woman as she is, as you are. You know what I'm saying? What is the difference in that? And she also added in that statement, if you see it, she mentions women like us. Women like us that are more delicate, blah, blah, blah. But all the women that you mentioned are Black women and other women of color. What are you trying to say? I think one of the issues that I, I had with that post as well is that what does it matter? Like, why, why do you have to make reference to um, women of color to prove your point? Like, what does that mm-hmm. have to do with the point that you're actually trying to get across? If you want to talk about the sensitivity of being a woman and, you know, you want to hear that more in the top 40s or whatever, then focus on that because that surpasses the race of a woman. Every woman has a sensitive side. Every woman has a soft side to them. And my issue is this consistent thought process that Black women are in one stereotype of um, being these very uh, dominant, and it's fine to be dominant, it's fine to be powerful, it's fine to be an alpha female, but we have a vast array of different types of Black women, and we're consistently put in this angry Black woman slash aggressive slash takes everything by force slash and into our point being excessively sexualized. And this has been talked about in the media for so long about how, for whatever reason, a Black girl who could be 10 years old would be seen so much more mature than she actually is. And and then you talk from this place of privilege with 18 million followers talking about how don't people, why don't people, why do people criticize my music? First of all, that really irks me as a musician because I'm thinking to myself, um, if I had 18 million followers, my focus would be on just appreciating the brand and the listeners that I have. And just if those are the, if that's my niche and the, and they enjoy the, the music, then that's what matters. It's like, I'm pretty sure she's had some number ones too. I mean, I'm not very familiar with her music, but I'm sure she's had those opportunities as well. So it's just such a very privileged, oh, look at me. I'm not putting out any music right now. And then in the end, come out to be like, oh, by the way, I've got two books, two poems coming out soon. So watch Mm -hmm. out. And it's just that whole thought process. I'm just like, what are you doing? I I just wanted to say- Focus um, on your art. Yeah. Haja, I know you wanted to say something earlier. I just wanted to create, I wanted to- Thank you. Thank you, girl. Um, So the way I see it is that if Lana Del Rey made a comment not mentioning Black women, I wouldn't be too mad about it. But obviously she mentioned Black women and is attacking Black women. That's the problem. However, I think as women in general, we're always having that pressure to be sexual in order to make it in Hollywood. So that to me is a different topic. If she mentioned how women in general were always pressured to be sexual, to use our body, to use our looks, to make it and to stand out in the industry, which honestly is the true, um, the true facts, right? That's different. But the girls attacking our women as if we're the issue. No, society is a problem, not black women. So bye, Delray. See you later, girl. Now you're in trouble. Bye. Period. <laughs> That's true. She was for me this the whole the whole like dissertation was just super whiny to me. Um, I had a friend of mine who's like a humongous fan of hers, and he was like, "Do you think she's racist?" And I was like, "I don't think she's racist, but I honestly think that she's very ignorant." And she knew exactly what she was doing when she mentioned who she mentioned. And for someone who has 
had like who's won like 27 awards i'm surprised that she even had the audacity to like come out and be like yeah like i'm not as popular or as famous or as whatever well that's how she made it that's how she came across in her in her essay um for her to come out like that it just it just sounded super whiny super ungrateful like it was just it was very disgusting it left a bad taste in my mouth so yeah Honestly, to me, it kind of gives me trust issues because I feel like for me, I grew up in a mostly white neighborhood and I still have a lot of white friends, right? And growing up, I've always been told that it's very hard to have white friends because they're not always trying to uplift you. They see you as the enemy or somebody who they can compete with. And that's the truth. Lana Del Rey is obviously insecure. She's jealous that a person of color is doing better than her. As you said, we're winning right now. We're killing in the industry. So why are you so salty? Be happy that women in general are making in the industry, not just Nicki Minaj, this person. Like, why are you so negative towards that person of color just because they're doing better than you? And that's the sad truth is that Caucasians are not always happy with our success. I don't know why, what it is, but it's just like really disgusting that we're still facing that issue of, oh, you're black, you're here, you're white, you're here. We're all the same. I mean, we're not all the same, but as women in general, we face the same struggles. We face the same problems. Let's all be a team. It's called being a feminist, as in you care about all of us, not just your own problems. And usually white women, they only care about me, me, me. Like, come on. That's that's where um, uh, Angela Davis was just describing what um, glass, what glass feminism i'm i'm pretty sure i'm getting it wrong but it basically the the priorities that it is white women they are the priority for themselves and they can only see the hardships that they face but they can't see the hardships that other women could like face you know what i mean there isn't just you know uh, misogyny when it comes to black women we face racism uh you know there's religious aspect to it there is sexuality there's so many things that layer on top of being just a black woman as well you know what i'm saying and so for her she's absolutely like i was saying she is very intentional in how she worded it she was very intentional why would she come out now when why didn't she come out when uh taylor swift was our number one why didn't she come out when katie perry was our number one why didn't she come out all these times whereas now for the first time in history there was four black women two singers and two rappers or whatever um, that were on top 100. Now she decides to come out to talk about this because they can't see anybody else facing any type of hardship except themselves. May I? Um, I, I, I think that was a really interesting question. Like why now? When Katy Perry, why not Justin Bieber? Why not? The, the, I think that's interesting. And I'm, okay, and I'm going to throw like, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I just like to do it. And I just like to throw it in there. And I, And my devil's advocate is more of the fact that like, is there racial undertones here? I think, obviously. But I'm more wanting to, like, so we've all talked about the intention of, like, probably our experiences with other white people, obviously. We don't know Lana Del Rey, so that is clearly where a lot of these things are are, are being grabbed from, from ourselves, I think. But, which, and they're all relevant and real, and as a Black woman in, in Vancouver, and I, I hear you and I feel you, and everything that you guys said, a lot of it, I a lot of it I did relate with. Um, but what I'm wondering is that you're right. Why now, right? We got to remember right now we're living in an environment where racial climate and whatnot, it's hot. It's sexy. It's not good. I don't mean in a good way, but it causes reaction. It causes this. It causes a Zoom call where we're discussing it. 
for a certain amount of time. Do you know what I mean? It, and and we are strong. And all, also all of us being women that are very active in our communities, you know, and, and social media, black people dominate that shit. We dominate culture right now. Popular culture has been dominated by black people. So I'm wondering as a female Caucasian artist to break through that threshold, would it be in her capitalist benefits, if that makes any sense, of 100%. her riling up this you know what I mean? Like it's, I almost feel like there's a little bit more strategy here than just purely like racist. Like, is it racist? Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm just trying to create more nuance there. It's thing, like you said, there's intersectionality. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. My thing is that, you know, there's been so many brands like Chanel, oh, sorry, not Chanel, Gucci and whatever, where they were making those like stupid things, you know, they get reaction and they get free advertisement from it. You know what I'm saying? Her fans got the free advertisement that she's coming out with two poems. I, I, I don't care about her. I care about her music, but now I know she has two poems coming up, but mm. the underlining tone about it is that they don't care about because the racism doesn't affect them. As a matter of fact, it makes it, they get more sales. They're not canceled. No musician has been totally canceled from the things that they've done. You know what I'm saying? But they see how they, we react. They don't care. And that's why they're doing this. You know what I mean? It's so racist and they don't care so much. So for them to use this as a way to get more sales, as a way to get free advertisement at the end of the day, it's racist. She's racist. racist. Racism was created to do that. If we know, we know, we know, like we're like, we all, you know, I'm sure we all know at this point that race isn't a real thing. It's a human construct. So it was literally created to do that. That's why racist and racist, like undertones, it's to rationalize things. Like, like that's how you, like, that's I think it's deeper than that. Personally, I feel like it's deeper than that. You know what I mean? You can do like, you can do so many things for capitalist reasons, but we weren't only used for capitalist reasons. We are dehumanized every day. We're killed every day. And so many things beyond what money can do for, for us. But you know what I'm saying? Aren't we, isn't that for a lot of it? If you, but if you want to, if you, I could challenge that and say, maybe it's not as simple as that, but maybe the dehumanizing is, is capitalistically smart. Slavery was, it, it's a healthy economy. You know what I mean? I can say the America, same thing I like, but I can say the same thing as, you know, racists rather vote for, let's say America, for the for example, people in whatever, in trailer parks, let's say, um, they would rather vote for Donald Trump, who is literally taking away their health benefits for the sake of being racist because they hate you so much more than they love money. But that's the thing is that Trump used that ra- racism the same way Lana Del Rey just did for like money sale, like music sales. Trump, a perfect example of Trump using race to galvanize, like maybe not fiscal capital, like, but um, political capital. The reason why I get your point is that, you know, she could have, if she was actually talking about feminism, she could have uh, brought this up at a time where everybody, all the 100, whatever, the top whatever's were all male. You know what I'm saying? It could have been at a time where all the top five people, whatever, in the charts were all men. She could have, she could, if she was talking about feminism, she could have brought it up during that time, but she knows racism sells. Uh, Like what I'm saying is like, I understand your point where, you know, racism, hundred percent sales, they use it as a form of free advertisement. But the only thing is that I find it a little bit deeper than that, where it's not just advertisement at the end of the day. She's a white woman who knows what she's saying and when she's saying it and how she's saying it. You know what I'm saying? 
obviously it works in her favor, you know, all these racist things, it works in her favor. But at the end of the day, we can't ignore it by saying she might not be racist. She doesn't know what she's talking about. They know. They have access to Google just as much as we do. But just because I go through it doesn't mean, just because I... I am not, uh, you know, a certain way or I don't um, have certain labels doesn't mean I can't understand what someone is going through or I, you know, I can, I could, I might not feel the way that they feel, but I can understand the way, the, the way that things can affect them. You know what I'm saying? So she lives around black people. She works with black people. You know, it's not a team of all, it might be, but like, she's around, like we're in a world full of diverse people. She knows what she's talking about is the thing that I'm saying, but I hundred percent agree with you. Sorry um, to interrupt, but can we before we try kind of uh, sway the conversation a little bit? Um, do we have any final points uh, specifically? I, I just yeah, I wanted to just say one thing. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to everybody. I, I actually didn't know about the situation until I was listening to everybody. If we mm-hmm. all know she's doing it for the sake of getting marketing or getting reaction out of people, why do we give her the reaction? That's all the things I see on social media. Like if. If she's doing it, like you can see something that's bullshit when you read it. Do you get what I'm what, what I'm saying? Like, if I read something like that and I know she's just trying to get a reaction out of me, we're sitting here discussing. This is exactly what she wants. Do you get what I'm saying? We're sitting here discussing it, but she doesn't really give a damn. Like, she made the post and she's living her best life and she's sleeping. So I feel like even us as black people, we need to literally pick and choose our battles. And that's a lot of things that I feel like lately people battle with. Every single thing they see. Everybody wants to have an opinion. Everybody wants to um, throw in their two cents, whatever it is. Sometimes some things like that, you just dismiss it because then she doesn't get all these marketing, all of these things that we're sitting here talking about. So that's all I just wanted to say. But it goes unchecked. That's the thing. It goes unchecked. You know what I'm saying? She has a large. Yeah, you can't say silent because she has a large platform. You know what I'm saying? And to be fair, and to be fair, like it wasn't. Um, like compared to like most cancel culture, yeah. this is like minor. <laughs> like I ain't gonna lie, like not that many people were too pressed about it. So with that, um, I think we can all agree that um, Lana Del Rey basically categorized all these like Boo. women of color, <laughs> and she basically put all the black women into this like one dimensional kind of view. And I think we can agree that like her view of feminism does not embody like our own personal experience. So um, kind of want to switch to the strong black woman kind of stereotype and not stereotype. Of course we are all are strong black women, but how does society not give us room to, to be, I guess how how we all feel like on the inside, like uh, just in my personal experience, are there in my personal experience, like I often heard a lot of people tell me you don't act like a normal black girl or I don't really see a lot of black girls like you kind of thing. And obviously we all have our own view of what being strong is in our own experience. Um, so how how do we, how was like that growing up for us? Like, how do we see society working around us or either putting us back into some typical kind of box? I think for me, um, I have the privilege to have grown up in a black community. So growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, like everything's black, everybody's black, it's just black as fuck, it's lit or whatever. Um, but I understand like, um, 
like my understanding of like my like black womanhood or even just like my black girlhood, we're all unique. You know what I'm saying? Like I had locks when I was younger. So growing up with other black girls who didn't have locks and, you know, they're talking about my hair. Like it's so many different things that we all go through. And, you know, thinking about just Kimberly Crenshaw's understanding of intersectionality and how we think about like black women and how like there are queer black women, there are black lesbians, there are poor black women, there are rich black women. Like there are so many different variations of black women and even if you want to add into the diaspora and how like you know black women are living their lives in the Caribbean or in like West Africa or black women who are living in Asia like there are so many black women like globally that all have different identities and different backgrounds and I think living in like you know North America um, again there's this either the super victimization of black women where we are just so oppressed that we just are always struggling and we have to be strong because we're just struggling so much or there's, you know, like this other persona of like black womanhood where, you know, we're being hypersexualized. Like there's so many different ways that black women are experiencing like these forms of oppression. And um, I think what's really good about, you know, like music and art is like black women do have the power to express themselves and tell their stories. It's just, I think if anything, people have to listen and understand that there's so many variations of black womanhood and black girlhood and that we're not a monolith, you know, like, I'm a black woman that likes to fuck. I don't care. If you're a black woman that like to fuck, like, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? If you're a black woman that like anime, then love your anime, sis. Like, Megan Thee Stallion love anime. She go to school. She pop her ass. Like, we love to see it. You know what I'm saying? And there's right. other, different kinds of hot girls out there. I mean, right. There's so many variations of black women. And I think that's what's really great about, like, right now is that we can see so many, like, new representations, especially with shows, you know, like on Netflix and different, like, you know, producers and directors and writers who are black women who are writing about black women and providing these narratives. But I think, again, at the same time, like people have to listen and understand that we're not all the same and we're all different. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I feel like a lot of the times people try to tone down my personality or how I act or how or whatever, because they feel like I am being this typical black girl. I'm so loud. I'm so up there and I'm so this, and this comes also from like the community I grew up in. Like for us women as a Sudanese, like, we are not allowed to be so vocal, so out there and things like that. I, until today, can say I'm still experiencing that where people feel like I talk too much or I have an opinion about everything. Or it's like they're making me feel bad if I am to speak up on something. Right. And it is so hard to break that cycle. Even though people are trying, it's so hard to break the cycle. Like until today, even in my own relationship or in anything, like I'm still having that attack of like, oh, you talk too much oh, you do this and you do that and you do that. And I'm like, but that's me. That's who I chose to be. The reason why I kind of distance myself from my community is because of that. Like they don't allow you, if you dress a certain way, oh my God, like she's dressed a certain way. You say something, you act something, you think you're better than, like a lot of that. And even in my modeling industry as well, like just being around some black girls, away from the community would be like, oh, so you think you're better than us because you model or you think you're this, this. I'm like, no, sis, I decided to wake up one day and say, I want to build a brand for myself. And I started there. That has nothing to do with you. If you want to come up as a model too, great, kudos for you. Let's meet it up up there. Do you get what I'm saying? But don't try to have this assumption that because I'm doing something, that's why I, 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 I am better than, I've, I'm because I'm doing something I am acting better than anybody I'm not acting better than anybody I think like if you have a strong personality you carry yourself a certain way if I'm walking and I'm walking a certain way does not mean oh I am this divish looking girl or 
the way I talk, just it's, I'm still facing all of that. So I can't really relate. Sometimes I feel like I can't relate to the fact like I have the support of black people and stuff. I have yet to see that. I have friends that support me. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of beautiful friends that support me through it, but I feel like sometimes that support is like so limited. Like it's only to a limited t- time. And then after that, it's like everybody's now acting different. So that's on my side. I, yeah, I, think, me and Anish, I think me and Anish have the same experience because we obviously were raised in Vancouver, whereas Adihira, I can't say your name. Yes, Adihira, yeah. Okay, yeah, like you're from Atlanta. So for you, you're around Black people, right? So obviously you don't really understand where me and Anish come from. But for me, I grew up in Richmond and out there there's no Black people. Honestly, there's none. So people knew Black people from TV. They knew people from the stereotypes. They saw the loud black girl who was sassy. And that's what they saw. When I went to school in Richmond, people assumed that I would be the same way. I'm like, obviously I'm outgoing and I talk loud, but I'm not what you see on TV though. So growing up, I was always very like cautious of how I act because I knew that people were going to label me as that black girl, you know? And so, yeah, it's interesting how we're all just so different. We all have our own experiences. So it just shows you how women in general, black women in general, we are different. We are not the same. I was just going off of Hajj. Like, I think one of the words that I don't like is when people call me sassy, where it wasn't needed. I think that's like a trigger word for me for some reason. Like, if I'm just acting normal, I'm just maybe saying something different. Like, you're so sassy. Like, I didn't do anything that would classify as sassy. Mm-hmm. I take it as a diss. And then at the same time, just certain words that people say that they think are a compliment, like people saying I look mixed instead of looking mm-hmm. black. So then that becomes an issue for me because I'm like, what is it that is not going with the typical look that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. And then like, just like, Hodge, like I was, I was basically raised out in Delta. So how how I speak, I'm sorry, it it comes off a little whitewash. I can't change that. And so just like having to now, I guess I've moved away from being with predominantly white people and even coming back into the community. I don't know how others have felt about this, but it was, I always felt like I had to prove myself just because of how I was speaking. So I'm, I'm a proud black person, but it was just the way I was talking, I guess, wasn't in the way that fit with everybody else's views. So I wasn't black enough for the African community and I'm not white for the white people. So then I'm just kind of in the middle where I'm just trying to find my place. Right. And so Uh, I want to hear from uh, I want to hear a little bit about Alicia Alicia's experience and then oh, we haven't heard from you way into like a next uh, yeah I mean so I grew up in Germany so for me my experience was very different because I grew up in a very uh, very white country <laughs> I know there's maybe like a handful of non-Germans that are uh, basically non-white um, and in that sense for me i I didn't grow up with the like the North American frame of reference of the strong black woman. I grew up with the the strong African woman that was physically strong. And that mm-hmm. for me affected my healthcare actually. So a lot of times mm-hmm. you get shots or you get something and you're in pain and the doctors would say, you can be in pain, like your kind does not feel this type of pain. Um, and so for me coming to Canada and people saying, oh, you're sassy, um, that was already such a shift already from going like, oh, okay, you, you're so physically strong to being like, oh, it's your behavior now. Um, and I just want to say both both frame of references are so 
they undermine all of our the 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 complexity of all of us essentially to just this one specific trope and i think that's really dangerous because once it's the whole strong black woman um label that's put on you it's so difficult to move around that and move outside of that um and that's that's been my experience sorry can i just add one thing um I feel, just to conclude, I feel like um, a lot of time people don't understand. Like, for example, I grew up with a, a single mom. Do you get what I'm saying? So I've seen the struggles. I've seen what she had to go through. I've seen how when she's quiet, the family still, like, I've seen all of it. Do you get what I'm saying? When As, as a woman. So therefore, that comes, rubs off into me. So I'm thinking to my head, like, when I'm growing up, I'm not tolerating this bullshit. I'm not tolerating none of this, none of that. So then when I come up, with those experience, people look at it as like an attack. People look at it as like, I am I am a typical black girl, which I don't even know what the hell that is. But anyways, like just all of that, people need to remember, like everybody has a background story to why they're raised the way they're raised or the way they grew up or the way they carried themselves. There's always, always a backstory to it, you know? So that's just what I wanted to say. And is it okay if I just point and out yeah, that, no. like, um, there is, I just wanted to say one point, w- one other point was that uh, what Alicia said, like how uh, it affects us medically. Uh, I think I saw that when I moved here, where uh, a lot of my medical issues weren't taken seriously, because we are considered strong, and like a lot of things don't affect us and whatnot. But also another thing is that there is also um, a difference in how uh, light skinned women are treated differently than darker skinned women, where uh, we're seen a little bit, you know, uh, light-skinned women are seen a little bit uh, less aggressive or less, whatever, less stronger and just like softer, delicate, whatever, you know, all those tropes that you guys know of. And it's it's different where when I am, because I'm a loud person, I joke a lot, I, like I, I'm loud and whatever it is, but I would definitely be seen differently than versus a, a darker-skinned uh, black woman if she was just as loud as I am or made jokes or whatever, walked into a room and she's just like, you know, just the same ways that as I act, it would be different. The way they see her is different from the way they see me. You know what I'm saying? And this goes into our community and outside of our community because you can even see it in like shows and things like that. We've seen growing up, you know, like the original Aviv versus, you know, <laughs> the light skin Aviv that way they put in and and the way their characters were shifted, uh, the way they made her, you know, be more outspoken and like sassy and all these things versus how they made the light skin be. be, So that too is like, I know that people want to point out now you're acting more black. It's like, you don't typically look black, but now this is how you're acting. It's like, oh, this is what happened to me, obviously. It's just like, you don't tip, like the first thought for people is you don't, typically act like a normal black girl for one thing I thought I was a normal black girl but then when you do something that they see as typically like ghetto or you want to speak in ebonics or whatever then it's just like oh the black in you like really came out today you know what I mean and people are shocked like I didn't know being white was the default in this Mm -hmm. community I've already kind of heard it um I've heard a bit of like the fetishizing of the black girl, the adultism of the black girl and the sexualization of the black girl. And also just believing that the black woman as a whole is just stronger, can endure more pains. Um, 
I just to give kind of a reference, I saw this clip on Black AF. I don't watch Black AF. I just saw this one clip. Um, it was talking about uh, the adultism of black girl, about how like how black boys are fo forced to grow up quicker in, in the community just because of a lot of the oppression that we face, like uh, policing, um, just like. So for girls, that is like the sexualization and being introduced to sex at a young age, not just because of media, but just because there is sort of that fetishizing of our bodies. Um, I forgot who said it earlier uh, that said like at such a young age, they're already thinking of their butt uh, anyways of like their how their bodies like form. And for me, too, that was like something I experienced at such a young age. I was never thinking about the shape of my body, um, but that was something that someone else had brought to my attention. And even though I'm not thinking that anything is super voluptuous about my body at like the age of 10 or 11, there is something that somebody else is always pointing out to me just because maybe they've seen how girls, how mostly it is like video vixens who are mostly like as black women look on, uh, in music videos. So, um, yeah, girl, I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, so growing up one time, I bought a skirt from Aritzia. You know how Aritzia had those flower skirts that were very tight? I don't know. They're very popular anyway. So I bought a skirt like that. And then my Caucasian friend bought the same skirt as me, right? She worked to school first. No comments. I worked to school the next day. Woo! I was in the principal's office. My mom was pissed. She was pissed. Based on that skirt, I got in trouble. Next thing you know, I'm like, you know what? My friend is wearing the same skirt. Why is it offensive that she's wearing it? so that I'm wearing it and she's wearing the same thing and the issue is with me is that I was skinny back then I was like tiny I had no butt no curves like now I'm thick right not thick thick but I'm thick you know so back then I had no nothing so how can you specialize my body when all you see is no boobs no butt I'm confused I've never ever felt like I fit anywhere like honestly I hated my whole throughout high school experience I I was such a quiet person but then one time I got into an incident where I got into a fight because some girl slapped the hell out of me out of nowhere. And then I, I was angry. I defended myself. And from then, that's when everybody knew who I was. So I became that person that likes to fight. So I also felt like, oh, my God, this is the first time I'm getting some sort of attention. So I started becoming that girl that's always fighting. Look at me funny. I'm already confronting you. Oh, you make a comment. I'm confronting you. And I didn't like it but I felt like I had to keep up in order to be recognized until to the point where I was literally getting spilled out of school. Um, I mean, sorry, I was getting kicked out of school and basically my principal called me in and was like, if you don't change, you're not graduating and you're going to be kicked out of the school. So I had to really sit down with myself that time and be like, okay, this whole character you're trying to keep up so everybody can know who you are. It's getting out of hand because if people didn't, if I didn't fight for myself, it was like I was constantly getting bullied. But if I was fighting for myself, then nobody can mess with me. Do you get what I'm saying? So I changed in grade 12 where I just cut everybody off. And nobody really cared to be my friend or anything. And that's when I just learned, like, throughout the high, whole high school, I really didn't have friends. I had people that liked my bad behavior. I had people that never sat down with me and told me, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Or other than, like, teachers and stuff. Because I didn't need to be friends with the teachers. I wanted to be friends with the kids my age. Right. So for me, all of that, like, I guess I never felt the 
being sexualized and things like that. But I definitely felt ugly and unwanted and stuff like that. And I got all of that back after like I became a model. Then my whole freaking grade now recognized me. Oh my God, we went to high school together. It's like, no girl, you didn't, you didn't care when I was in high school with you. What are you talking about? Like, why are you now hitting me up? You know? So it's, it's interesting to hear things like that. Like how everybody has their own different um, view on how like growing up in high school. I, I can definitely attest to that as well, actually. So a, a big part of my adolescent years was in Lagos, Nigeria, before the rest of my family moved to, uh, before my family and I moved to Canada. And um, I was, I definitely did not think that I was beautiful at all. Um, because in, at that time, um, we were definitely categorized based on the complexion of our skin and I'm dark skinned. So that was not a compliment that I got at all. Um, and then to add to that, I have like, I have very structured cheeks, like very bony cheeks. I have, uh, I guess what you call like an athlete build. And so I was like, I just was not like the first person that would come to people's mind minds when it came to uh, complimenting me. And then I found my voice, I guess, at that time through music and through, um, I guess, just being smart. And so the, I guess you can call it attention that I got or recognition I got was from, was through music and through, um, I guess, trying to ace everyone. And as a result of that, I became this excessively anxious and um, always wanting to be first in everything, extremely competitive person, because I felt like, okay, this is mine. At least, at least like people can, can, uh, recognize me for my brains, or at least they can recognize me for my voice. This is mine. And so I was very, very competitive. Um, it wasn't until much, much later that I started to actually see myself as a beautiful person. Like it took a lot of healing, a lot of um, changing the narratives that I was told, like people would literally come up to me and be like, Oh, do you know, this person's finer than you, this person's prettier than you. Like it was crazy. So it's only now that people look at darker skinned women and, and actually compliment them, but it's, it's taken a long time for society to get to this point and we're still even building. So that sexualized thing was only now recently where everyone wants to have an athletic body. And, and, you know, it's now a thing where everyone's like, Oh my God, your body is so amazing. But then back in the day, it wasn't really, at least but, that wasn't my experience. So yeah. Sorry, 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 Adele, sorry to cut you off. Can, uh, before you add, can, uh, Adiria, I know you wanted to say something. Yeah. Uh, like I was so into Saturday story, I was like, dang, yeah, I feel that because <laughs> I mean, I was always kind of considered a nerd, um, and so I mean, I'm still a nerd, but who cares? Um, but for me, I think I wanted to be sexy, like in my in my mind, like as I grew older, like I wanted to be like the sexy, like independent woman, like Gabrielle Union or whatever. Like I thought that was just so cool. Um, but the thing is, I think when it comes to like black girls. Um, men have always looked at me, but you know, men, some men are just pedophiles, you know, like <laughs> I find that very problematic. Like some men just like younger girls and that's just sick as hell. Um, but one thing that, um, I talked about a lot in, um, like my master's program is about how, like with the situation with R. Kelly, um, is that a lot of people just don't, again, going back to this idea that black girls are so much older than what they are, <laughs> so much autonomy on these young girls well they should have known better to be messing with a man like r kelly no like 
young girls, children are impressionable. If any celebrity, you know, like, come on, let's hang out, Usher somebody, and I'm 12, I'm gonna hang out with Usher. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm young, I don't know these things. And so it's like, we have to understand that while yes, black girls, or it's just even healthy for teenage girls to explore their body and question how their body moves or whatever, because we all are black and we come from those cultures where we shape, you know, our hips and our bodies, you know, because that's just a cultural thing that we do. But the problem does come from the outside when those bodies are sexualized or hypersexualized in spaces when they shouldn't be, you know? And so I think again, with like R. Kelly is again, the issue where some men do hypersexualize young girls and put them in these very sexualized spaces that they don't belong um and so i do think you know it's important for girls to mature where they should you know mature as they grow and learn and learn healthy ways about how to understand their body and then reach a point where people or parents or family members or people who care about them are teaching them about sex and what that's supposed to look like um and so when i do kind of advocate for you know um black women to explore their sexuality that does take more of a healthy holistic look like how are you protecting yourself how are you finding confidence in yourself and finding out a partner or understanding like what consent looks like how are you like finding your voice to explore like your sexuality and what you want i'm just gonna even add to that um uh like with the r kelly documentary something that they did mention was the fact that r kelly didn't mistakenly pick young black girls as his victims they are one of the most vulnerable people out there and the most underlooked like nobody's really caring about how many of them are actually missing and so not even just that it's how society has viewed black girls like we're not i'm not trying to generalize it but not the the, what people are looking for we're not the beauty standard and so when you have that attention that's not being met and you've been told basically you're an ugly person then that's when issues arise as as young black girls grow up because they're looking for that validation that they're not getting or they feel that they're unworthy or not fitting in into that box so i think there's just a lot of layers and like as i got older right now it's hard for me to date outside of my race because i don't know if they like me because of me or if they're interested in dating a black girl, they want mm-hmm. to get that experience. If it's, right. if it's that whole, you know what I mean? That whole idea where I don't know if it's just Tiggis, they like Tiggis or they like the idea of Tiggis. Yeah. Yeah. Cause actually I wanted to follow up with that Tiggis with like, cause I, I was it, I can't remember who said it, but um, it was something like that. What was it? My experience of being like, uh, I think it was Shade. Uh, but she, yeah, but um, like it wasn't her experience of like not being sexualized, and 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 I and I appreciate that because I think like as Black women, along with us all being so interconnected in a sisterhood, we have to know as well that there's going to be an intersectional of privileges versus non-privileges amongst us as well, right? And so I think that as a, as as being this tone where I fit in with with if you're gonna be black, if it's if you're gonna be black, then at least be this right, like you know, like fitting into that it's it's like as well although like you know we, we talked about like being sexualized or whatever with your your skirt and and all these things it's not like it's but it doesn't translate to beauty it doesn't translate to beauty and it doesn't translate to worth because um the thing is is like maybe I, somebody was telling me about my ass was fat but nobody was asking me on a date nobody was asking me to um have a regular conversation like I wasn't capable I think that um I remember actually one time I was like on the news for like like I was Canada Day and like uh 
news people were, were, uh, yeah, just like, what do you love about Canada? And I was like, ah. and I think I said something like, you know, what I love about Canada is that, um, you know, that we, we make a genuine effort to help marginalized voices or something like that. It wasn't like some crazy thing. And I had a bunch of people message me and it was funny that I had a, a friend who messaged me and, and she's Caucasian and not, not a, in, implication on, on her by any means, but it was her family, family members or something had seen me on the news. And, um, a lot of the time when I'm there, it's more social settings. So I might be a little bit more loud and, and kind of just like, ah, like, you know, just being silly, like myself. Um, and that obviously is going to come off as being this black girl. And it's, it's funny. She'd be like, I had no idea how articulate she could be. Who would have thought? And like in high school, it was very much like, yeah, it was like, it was like, although maybe they'd be down to smash, but it was like, you know, like vulgar, dirty. Like it wasn't like a, not that it's dirty all the time, but it's only dirty if you're empowered in it. Like Adira, you said it, like you're right. Like we are beautiful black women and, and what feminism is, is being empowered in it regardless. Like being a woman does not take away from you being able to be empowered in your sexuality and in who you are. But if that's all you are, it, it, it makes you feel very much, um, uh, I don't know if it's undervalued or, or just like, that's all your value, but it messes with your head. And, um, I think it's interesting, this dichotomy of like, you might be sexualized, but still feel like shit. Cause you, you're not wifey, but you know, or it's not the desirability, the, the desirability of that. Mm-hmm. You're not desire, but you're sexualized. Exactly. And, and it speaks to that R. Kelly thing you were saying, Tigus, of like the fact that w- black women are the most vulnerable along with like the statistic there are a lot of other hard facts that we know about i think on top of that too they're most vulnerable because we are the community um i think internationally so germany canada america everywhere in the world black women we are um uniquely like such a uh a uniquely such a like an oppressed group being racialized black that being such a downcast and then being women it's only the two genders and, and kind of being the downcast there. And, and just the combination of that, we are constantly being reminded time and time and time and time again, that we, that we ain't shit. And it's from, from, from birth. I remember one of my first memories of realizing my black skin was going to hold me back as a woman was, I remember I really wanted to be a princess and I wanted to play and like, we were playing, uh, what is it? Like you, play, play games. I don't know. You, you kids, whatever. Um, and I wanted to be a princess. And then one of the boys were like, you can't be a princess. It's like, why you're black? Like, what are you talking about? Keep in mind, we're seven years old, so we're children, but it's like, he, he, it was learned. It was, it was internalized somehow. And I, and then I internalized that and it carried through and I'm 23 years old, still talking about when a seven-year-old told me I couldn't be a princess. So mm-hmm. uh, can I just add quickly to the Arkley thing where I was seeing, um, you know how I think, first of all, the shade room should be shut down. But hey, that's my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> where they were, women, which I think is crazy. But go ahead. I, they were they they keep posting um, of the, these two girls um, that were with, with R. Kelly or R. Kelly, R. Kelly had them. Basically what happens is to, um, and I don't want to say victims because uh, people choose to identify differently than saying a victim, but at the end of the day, they were victims of his, um, you know, his, the, the whatever he was creating, the cult, whatever it was, um, the fact that he's a predator. And so basically um, what happens to victims of, uh, you know, the sexual violence and, and all these things like to, um, 
such things as pedophilia and whatnot, when you uh, are groomed by an, um, an older person or when you're uh, a victim for such a long time, you don't see that person as someone that is hurting. You don't see that person as someone. That's a psychological thing that happens to a lot of victims. However, when they were posting these girls, um, they were talking about how, oh, she wanted it. She's talking about how she's still continuing to stay with this person. These women are, these girls are psychologically hurt so bad that they don't see him as someone that's hurt them. However, if it was a white child, if it was someone else other than a black girl, they would have been like, oh my God, look at her. They've damaged their brain so much so that they still believe that they are in a safe space being with R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? And so it's so easy to sympathize to other other children, but not sympathize with black girls. You know, when things happen to them, oh, what were you wearing? Oh, what were you doing this? You know what I'm saying? And so every time and I get this is for all women, but there's just that special just a, the little higher thing where it's like for black girls, I know I'm not going to be treated the same way. If I was a victim of anything, I know the questions that I would get asked is what were you doing? What, what was, all, you know, all these things and other women do get asked. So I'm not saying they're not. However, even when they're being asked, there's a level of sympathy that comes along with it that I will never, ever, ever get at all. Um, uh, so, uh, sorry, just the, the Hajj and Anyet, and then we're going to sway to our last kind of topic. Oops. Okay, in regards to what Ariam said, um, to me, the whole R. Kelly thing is mostly about poverty and how R. Kelly is obviously going after women who are in poverty and who obviously are looking for a chance to make it. I, I wouldn't say it's more about it's a mental thing or a psychological thing. I would say it's more about, he knows, because honestly for me, the way I say it is, if he went for a, a black girl who was privileged, she would not be in that situation. He was in the ghettos, he was in bad areas and he knew who to target. These people had moms who would support their daughters seeing R. Kelly because that was their way to make it. That was their way to have food on the table, to have a home. So I honestly understand that people who are sexually abused, obviously there are other, this is obviously a issue with the brain thinking other things. However, for R. Kelly, I honestly do think it's more about them being in poverty and how they obviously saw him as a savior from poverty. And that's- I have a question. What is it? I have a question for you then. Would you think it would be, it would have been different if it was, because poverty is not, um, you know, cinema, synonymous with blackness you know what i'm saying and so do you think it would have been different yeah no no 100 percent. yeah my question is do you think it would have been different had he targeted a uh white poor girls honestly i think it'd be the same thing because honestly for me i study a lot about how people are trafficked and how women women become escorts and the issue Mm -hmm. is obviously you become an escort because you're in a situation that you don't have money you're trying to survive right the women who he obviously were targeting are trying to survive. It could happen to anyone. However, because black women, we aren't cared for and no one will care, he got away with it for many, many years. But that could be for older women. To add, um, for older women. Not to cut you off, but there are poor adult women. So no. I still think that the problem still, even if it is for a money thing, 
they were children. You know, he was sitting mm-hmm. outside yeah. of school, yeah. of course, right. small and stuff, looking for young girls. And yeah. statistically, more black women go missing. From the same poor neighborhoods, yeah. though. That's what the thing. If they were all from, say, rich neighborhoods, honestly, it would not happen because mostly if you're raised in a privileged way, you most likely won't be hanging out with the older man. I'm not trying to obviously... Then what I'm saying is that I think it's also um, a black thing. It's also that the fact that mm-hmm. he and the girls were young, naive. However, I would say, in my opinion, it's more about him going to areas where poverty was very, very big. But yeah, I wanted to add that, like, I, 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 I kind of agree with what you're saying, Hash. But I actually think that when it comes down to like R. Kelly's victims, one thing that I can say about black women, especially for me, is that even though even when we're younger, we when we're younger, we're sexualized, but we're never desired. So the older you get, and if a man desires you, despite of, despite whether he is like the best mm-hmm. or the worst, you you're you're very very much excited to you know give him what it, you know give him what he wants, right? So I know what you're saying about the whole you know being victim, but I also think that the whole being desired plays a part into that. Whether you are because if you look at your white counterparts in school, they're always desired like at no matter what age they always have. I mean when I was in school all my little white friends had little boyfriends from you know year one to like year 12 hands down I never had a boyfriend in high school I'm not saying that I care about that but what I'm saying is is that yeah. I think that these victims because even though we're sexualized we're never desired we when we are desired it's like oh like okay cool and I don't really think it plays a factor into like um the money thing because it doesn't matter if you're a rich rich black girl or a poor black girl I think that because we're never desired when we are desired we play into that so yeah for any um victims in that case they also said like it takes about six times of them actually leaving the situation in order for them to successfully leave that so this is with abuse in general I think that also plays a part that we can't we can't ever know how hard it's going to be for someone to leave that type of a situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Alicia, actually, and then we'll move on after this. <laughs> Another thing that I also wanted to say with like um, this like hypersexualization of like black female bodies, that's objectification. And I, I feel like especially like white femininity is based off of like victim victimhood and the idea that it's, it's just this gentleness that, um, speaking from my personal opinion that people have always said that you lack because you are black. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this idea that because you, for, again, from my experience, because I am black, therefore I cannot be a princess, which is again, one thing that I also wanted to be, but then they said, well, you can't be that because you know, you're just so overtly sexual. And even my body just draws too much attention that immediately you equate it with sex, but white women have the privilege and that is white privilege to be able to have all these different nuances of their femininity, which I am not able to do because my blackness prohibits me. And so that's something that I wanted to add as well. That was so beautiful. I want to cry. Oh, what do you call it? Okay, so next. Um, uh, so just given uh, what we've all spoken about, um, how do we feel or how do we want our male counterparts, uh, particularly our black male counterparts, to play a part in supporting us, like supporting our experience in our communities and societies? Like, what does this look like for us? Um, I know some of us were on the last episode where like a lot of the conversation kind of 
was male dominant about like how these men would protect us and what they would do for us without asking us. So how do we feel like in our uh, ideal kind of experience? Like what, what would this look like for us? I always say listen to black women and being in like a lot of black feminist discourse or just even being in the field of black studies, like it's so many damn hoteps. I'm going to get real mad, but excuse my language. I'm going to get real mad. It's so many damn hoteps, so many black men who do not listen to anything that black women talk about when it comes to their issues. And it's, and it pisses me off every time when they say, you know, well, what are you going to pick? Are you going to choose black first or are you a woman? It's like, fuck all that shit. I'm, I'm all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all of that. Don't try to, like, put race first because we have been conditioned to think that race is the only thing that all black people are dealing with. And that is not the case. And so when we talk about black feminism and black women's issues, there's a long list of shit that we go through that a lot of black men either go through and don't realize or don't go through at all because they're not women, you know what I'm saying? Or they're not, you know, a, a black queer woman or black, you know, like black trans or anything like that. So it's like, when it's time for us to verbalize our concerns or our issues, they don't fucking listen. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's the problem. Like, stop feeling like you're a victim. Take some accountability that sometimes there are things that black men do that do hurt black women, especially when you live in a very rich black community. A lot of the things that we are dealing with comes from other black men. You know what I'm saying? Like systematic racism, white white supremacy is always going to fucking be there, but there are still very problematic aspects of like black manhood and black masculinity that do affect black women. And that may, you may see that in hip hop, you may see that, you know, um, in pop culture and TV shows and things like that, the way that black men, you know, want to, uh, pick and choose between light skin women and talk about dark skin women. A lot of those conversations do come from, you know, black men. And so I think again, when it comes to black women's issues with like healthcare, rape, sexual assault, all of that shit, shut your asses up and just listen. No, absolutely. You know, it's that simple. Just listen. Cause we've been having y'all backs for for centuries for all the shit that y'all been through. Anytime a black woman wanna say something about whatever we're going through, it's like now we gotta deal with black men's issues first. Now fuck that. Everybody needs to get taken care of. So listen to black women and that's just one period they don't understand the the misogyny that comes along with you know being black doesn't mean you understand the struggles of a black woman and a part of it is that you know when it comes to especially not not, like what you mentioned but also um you know in community in in homes where you know abuse is such a big thing where you know sometimes uh, i know that being an immigrant for example if i was in an abusive home my my first thought is not to report this man who is a person of color to take them to the police station because I know how they're going to treat them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so there's that sympathy of like, oh my God, I understand what you're going to go through. You might get deported. You might get imprisoned for life and all these things. I can sympathize with the things that they might go through, you know, for reporting rightfully so for the fact that they've hurt me, but I'm handing over this black man to the white system is it the thing where, you know, we can sympathize about the things that, you know, that could possibly happen to them, but they can't do the same thing. And that's where, you know, the name misogynoir comes where black men abuse us and we can't uh, rightfully complain to the white men <laughs> basically because we know how they're going to be treated. And I saw this, this video of this um, uh, black woman who was, um, and I'm sure you guys might've seen it. It was all over the internet last week where she was going for a run with, uh, with her friend. And this black man was, um, 
he was harassing them to the point where they had to run into this hotel and a white lady comes out of the hotel and she's like, who is this monkey? She, uh, to the man, she was like, who is this monkey? And she was like, why would you call this person a monkey? And she was like, she's the one who's being like, you know, hurt by this, this guy. And so it's that point where it's like, do I choose my blackness? Do I choose me being a woman? Like, what do I do? Like, she's not right to say this, but this guy is clearly hurting me. You know what I'm saying? And so there's so many times where I, I feel like sometimes I have to choose, like, I don't know where to choose. Do I choose being a black woman? Do I choose being black? Or does, does my, uh, you know, uh, fact that I'm, I'm a woman come first. Like, I don't know which one comes first. And I always struggle with it. I'm like, if there's a woman, there's a white woman being hurt by a black man, like, what am I going to say? Like, is does she do something racially or is she being like just physically assaulted because that's a man at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? And personally, it's not necessarily that something I struggle with because I like honestly being a black woman on itself is, is hard enough for me to even think about other things than having to survive on this earth. But it's those things where it's like what comes first. Sometimes I struggle with it and I'm, you know, it's hard because I can see what other women can go through because I'm a woman at the end of the day, but I am black too. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a, um, always an ongoing question for me. We're, we're actually like quite over time. So before oh, yeah. we end, um, can we hear from maybe someone who hasn't commented on like this topic uh, yet? I, um, so I don't know if many of you know, like I have a child with um, a black man <laughs> or a guy from my community. Um, and, you know, before <laughs> before this, I felt like I was this... I had this mentality of, oh my God, I'm a strong black woman. I don't need a man in my life. I don't need this, 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 and this, and that, okay? Then I had a child with one. And the amount of shit that I went through or still going through with having a child with one, you know? And, and it's not necessarily just him. I think it's the families, my family, his family, just everybody involved. Um, I, always, I always felt like I wasn't getting any support. I was always like, you got pregnant before marriage. So I was always attacked, even though it takes two people to obviously make a baby. I was always the one person that the blame was always falling on. Do you get what I'm saying? And then I was like, okay, you know what? It's okay. Let me, let me take the blame for that. And then when I go seek support from him, it was kind of like, it's not there. So that whole uh, holding a black man down is so real for me and like my friends, I have I had so many of my friends get mad at me. Like my friends have been getting angry with them because they see the way I'm being treated. They see the way that all of these things happen and they're telling, well, they're advising. They're not telling me, get, they're advising me to do better, get out, do, you know, all of these things. And I am the kind of person where I'm an overthinker. So I know all of this, but for some reason, I'm always thinking about his struggles instead of my own, you know, because I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm not only thinking about him, I'm thinking about my child. So I'm always stuck in an area where I'm like, okay, do I go and find myself again and be the strong person or do I stay and hold him down and hold my family down? But yet with that comes being unhappy, comes judgment, comes you were too young when you had a baby. Oh, you know, like just all these things, like just wanting to go out with friends. You can't go out with your friends anymore. Uh, You can't like just all of these things that come with not being supported by a black man like it doesn't just come with only you know the, the person I have a baby with but like even other men like they don't 
they don't sit down and listen to you. And then when I come and express myself, it's more so like, oh, you talk too much. You like to play the victim. Oh, you do this and you do that. But it's like, no, I'm literally expressing to you what this is doing to me. This is destroying me. And you're looking at it as I'm nagging in your ear. So I think um, it is very important, like she said earlier, for Black men to seriously listen and seriously sit down. That's something I'm still struggling with until today. Nobody's listening to me because they're looking as I am playing a victim because now I have a child. And yes, I'm not the only person that, you know, had a child early and all of this stuff. But don't try to compare my pain to somebody else, please. Just because they had everybody's experience is different. You know, I am a strong person. I know that mentally. But for some reason, because you are at this point where like, you know, um, I think it was Ariam that I mentioned earlier, like you don't want to complain or report things because you want to protect them and you don't want to be that, like, see them struggling. But at the same time, we lose ourselves trying to protect them so many times. We really do. I don't, I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for everybody. But I guess I, I'm i finding myself that I am losing myself. I'm losing who I am. I can't be that strong person that I created myself to be anymore because I am stuck in a place where I'm like, I have to be the woman. Even though they always tell you, oh, uh, the man is the head of the family. Actually, I feel like women are the head of the family because women are the one that carry all that baggage that comes with it. So I just wanted to add to that. Okay, so period. Yeah. Okay, so I, I would. I we have to cut. I just wanted to say period. Yes, yes. <laughs> David is going to have to edit, and this will be a very. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I hope we can all meet up together again and do this. This was very beautiful. Um, so to all you viewers out there, thank you for watching. Um, if you haven't already, please hit subscribe and like, give us a five-star rating. Um, we'd love to hear all of your thoughts. Um, and if you're listening to a podcast, give us a comment in the podcast. Um, and yeah, don't be afraid to comment. And with that being said, uh, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.